Hey, welcome. This is 2020's Teaching Me, a podcast about lockdown. Lockdown? Lockdown. It's Look about down. lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> Which is a place in Scotland. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with me. Okay. Hey, welcome to 2020's Teaching Me, a podcast about lockdown 2.0. Uh, my name's Ed Hodges. I'm the pastor of a little church in Exeter, UK. So glad that you're joining us. I'm with two of my favorite people today, Josh and Emily Chesworth. Hello. Um, love <laughs> these guys, and they're part of our team here in Exeter. Um, guys, how are you doing? We're good, thank you. Good, <laughs> we're doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. Like we're one week into this lockdown, and um, it's it feels so different yeah. to the lockdown we had last time. We're doing different things. We can see more people, um, but I, I feel like I'm slightly losing touch with reality. <laughs> the, the other the other day, we've got these cats, uh, new cats. They're three months old, and. Um, our kids also drop a lot of food on the floor and they dropped something that looked like chocolate on the kitchen floor. And so I scooped it up with my finger and I was just oh. about to put my finger in my mouth when I was like, whoa, that doesn't look like chocolate. Sniffed it, <laughs> tiny chocolate chip sized piece of cat poo that I was about to put in my mouth. And it's like, what has happened to me? Like I've lost all of my sensible like safety features. I've got to say, I'm kind That's of disappointed gross. you didn't eat it. I know, I know. That, that would have been better. It would have been a much better story had I actually eaten the cat poo. But, yeah. um, Good for your stomach, though, probably that you didn't. Yeah, totally. So the thing I want to chat to you guys about today is um, prayer. What's 2020 teaching you about prayer? So prayer is something that all of us will spend the rest of our lives, hopefully, getting better at. But we certainly believe that prayer is super important for the Christian life, don't we? And... Um, for me, in prayer, we find both our king and our best friend. And 2020, I, I found particularly tough with um, ministry. And so I've needed a king to go to, but I've also needed the friendship of mm-hmm. Jesus this year. Um, and, you know, so, so my king has been telling me or commanding me, I suppose, keep going. This is what I've called you to do, Josh. No, you're not quitting, et cetera, et cetera. And also saying, I'm in control of this. But Jesus, my friend, has said, but I'm with you in this. And I love you and you're valuable. And I have a plan for you this year. And I, so I suppose my appreciation for prayer and for what God might tell me has really grown this year. Nice. Thank, thank you. It's good. You didn't expect me to have a reasonable answer. No, I answer. just didn't think you were so holy. I mean, my answer would have been a lot less holy. Emily, what's it teaching you about prayer? My life slowed down a lot in lockdown because I was pregnant and I couldn't go into work. So although I was working from home, um, my hours were a lot less than they would have been if I was in school. Um, so actually, I had a lot of time to reevaluate kind of where I was at, what I was doing with my time, what my priorities were. Um, I read a few really good books um, about kind of slowing down and Sabbathing and all that sort of thing. So for me, that was a really great opportunity to refocus on prayer and to actually put prayer first. Um, it's good. What, what books were you reading? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> no, the, the best book that I read was um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, I know a lot of people read it kind of over that time. Um, and it was just, an, it was really timely, really, for um, just working out what I wanted my priorities to be, really, mm. um, and putting God first, praying first. Um, and just investing that time. I know at the start of lockdown, I was kind of looking ahead, you know, at home with um, a toddler, like 24-7 was pretty hard work. Um, it was crazy. But 
but saying that he naps in the day, you know, he goes to bed at seven. I suddenly had all this time where I wouldn't normally have had so much time. Um, and I was just really challenged, like, how am I using that time? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to invest that time and um, further my relationship with God? Or am I going to sit around and watch Netflix? Which I did that too. But, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. You, if, if you're hearing strange noises right now, that's because we're joined by a fourth guest today, Eliza Chesworth, who is how many months? Three months. Maybe. Three months old, and she is yeah. so cute, and she was asleep. Let's just hope it stays that way. That, that really interesting thing, because that book was a book that kind of shaped a lot of our the life of our church for a few months, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. I, ironically, I started reading it, and then I couldn't find the time to finish it, so I got like a third of the way in. I told everyone else to read it, and it was like this, this life-changing concept of like eliminate hurry from your life, and I was just running around manically busy. And it felt like that's what shaped a lot of the last lockdown for people, mm. there was like a busyness, but it sounds like you didn't have that experience and maybe people, other people are finding that, that right now in this, in this second time around. For me, the first lockdown, it like, I had a, had a pattern of prayer in my life mm. and it got kind of wiped out by um, the busyness of lockdown. Like suddenly all of our jobs changed, you know? We went from yeah. being people who did church to being people who streamed church online and <laughs> um, did Instagram stuff and all this kind of things. So, like it changed everything. And now I'm just trying to work out like, how do I, how do I rebuild mm. prayer in my life in a way that's authentic and realistic and stuff? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, it's really interesting to talk about patterns of prayer. And, you know, we talk about daily habits. Um, some churches would use the language of, of a daily rule. And um, we... We've been through all sorts of different chapters, haven't we, in 2020, when we've had this extra one of having another baby. And so our daily habits have had to change. And that's been quite difficult. So first lockdown, we were both working. We had one hyperactive toddler <laughs> trying to look after him, trying to keep him in the house and all yeah. of that. And, you know, producing videos, ex exceptionally time-intensive work for, for us, like working at church. And... Um, then you're not working now, I am, Lee, because you're on maternity leave and we've got another child and this lockdown isn't quite as big. So it's, it's a completely different season again. Something that I um, have started doing is taking time on a Monday morning. So at the start of the week to pray and, you know, when it's legal, get, going and having a coffee somewhere writing, praying. Just to be clear, drinking coffee is still legal in the UK, <laughs> but not in coffee shops. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord indeed. Praise the Lord. But going for a little walk, that's something that I always find really helpful. And it's my moment to kind of do serious business mm. with God and bring my complaints to God and be really honest. And then I find a bench and I sit down and then I let him have a, have a speak. And yeah. I, I find that it's a, it's a new thing. It's the new habit that I'm in. Mm. But it's setting me up well for the week and it's making a difference. Mm. What's, what's your habit at the moment? For me, it's just, I'm, I'm just trying to find new patterns. One of those is around coffee. I just find that coffee and prayer are, are like natural um, companions. Absolutely. But I, I, I haven't yet found a, a pattern again. Only that um, it, it never happens unless I make space for it to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, I can't assume that my prayer life is going to grow, that I'm going to find more opportunities to pray unless I make them. Um, and even if to the first time that felt like wasted time, I was like, I, I don't even know if I remember how to pray. Yeah. But just getting back into that habit of setting space. for I wonder what, what would you guys say to someone who's like, is finding themselves busier than ever and kind of, you know, life's manic in this lockdown, but they want to see their time spent with God increase and improve and their prayer life grow? 
So one of the things we've really learned this year is the importance of Sabbath um, and taking that time as a family um, to rest, um, you know, turn off your phones. We did, in the first lockdown, we did get into a rhythm of having brunch together. We kind of slipped out of that. We need to do that again. Yeah. Um, Bring back brunch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just having a day where you completely rest and turn off from anything that's distracting you. Mm. Um, and also, obviously, spending more time praying and reading your Bibles, things like that. If you're married or part of a family, allowing each other to do that. And I think that can be yeah. tricky when you've got kids. Um, and I've certainly seen last lockdown, like we were saying earlier, it was a lot calmer for me. I had a lot more space than maybe a lot of other people because I was pregnant. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't do normal things. Um, and I'm finding that the space and the time that I invested then is actually fueling me now mm. when actually life is a lot busier because we've now got two kids at home. I'm not at work, so I don't have that kind of break of going off and having some adult conversations for a few hours. Um, and actually, it feels a lot more crazy this yeah. time around. And be but because I had that time of rest earlier in the year, then it's now fueling me. So I think if anyone's feeling busy and overwhelmed and like they haven't got time for prayer or for God, actually just put a day aside or put a morning aside, like Josh said, maybe something regularly, just so that you can come back to that place of rest and that will then fuel you for the rest of your day or your week or your month even, um, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? Um, something that struck me recently is um, how I, I used to complain that having kids kind of took away from the potential for quiet time. But I'm just trying to be intentional with, with Ruben, our, our little boy, but when I put him to bed and I say, what do you want to thank Jesus for? Actually making that a proper little prayer time for me as well. And, it, and it's not long, mm. but that's a moment where with my little boy, I can com connect with God. So he'll often say, um, I say, what do you think, want to thank Jesus for today? And he might say, mummy. So I'll say, okay, Jesus, thank you so much for mummy. Thank you, dad. <laughs> She loves us and she looks after us. And I really mean it, as I'm saying. Other times he'll say, so he, he went through a phase of saying Jess every day. Oh. He's, everybody is, is That's Ed's, cute. Ed's lovely wife. And yeah. so say, Jesus, thank you for Jess. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for Phoebe and for Ed and for Zoe and so on. And um, I, I can mean those prayers as well. I'm assuming that you don't call Emily mummy, though, in, in like one-to-one -one conversation. Um, no, we haven't got to that stage yet. That's good, because that's a weird no. step. Although you I was in Sainsbury's a while ago, looking at, <laughs> I think it was shampoo, and I actually said out loud, and there were lots of other people in the aisle, I said, what would mummy want? Because <laughs> I felt like I had room with me. Were you on your me. own? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, sometimes when we talk about prayer, it, it, it feels like a pressure. And I think a lot of people feel mm -hmm. guilty that they're not praying enough. And, and we're even now, we're already like maybe falling into that trap of talking about a life of prayer, a prayer mm -hmm. time. Um, and for a lot of people, like it becomes less of a, a life-giving thing and more of a burden. Uh, and I just, I'm thinking of what you were saying, Emily, about, um, you know, it's, it's not intended to be that like that. See, there's like a lightness to it. Jesus says, you know, take my yoke upon you, like not the yoke of religion, not the burden of religion, but actually the, the life giving relationship with God. Cause that's mm -hmm. going to be at the core of our life mm -hmm. of prayer. I read something earlier about spiritual disciplines. Um, and it said, as soon as you turn it into the end in itself, it becomes a religious thing. Whereas once it's a means to the end, so it's a way of getting closer to God, a way of communicating to God, then actually that's what you want rather than I'm doing this because I have to. I'm doing it because I have to tick that's a box. Good. And 
like that's the goal in itself actually praying isn't the goal getting to know god is the goal yeah that's good and we we want lives of constant narrative with god you know one of my favorite bible verses is, is don't worry about anything yeah but pray about everything and we've got to take that word everything seriously so god cares about the little things that we're doing on our day as well as that moment where we hopefully have a moment to come before god and say lord i'm really struggling with this big thing going in my life he says no no pray pray about everything mm. yeah that's one of my favorite things on alpha we were talking about prayer and and one of their pieces of advice from a guy called brother luigi is keeping prayer honest you know like being honest with god and finding spaces for that and for me in my student years particularly that meant praying out loud and going somewhere where i couldn't be heard and then praying out loud because when i prayed out loud i was way more honest about what i needed to say yeah than than i ever would if i tried to package my prayers up into this you know carefully scripted thing that i thought god would want to hear but actually he doesn't want that he wants this honesty mm-hmm. from us do you guys have any advice on on like staying honest in prayer i think one of the things i've been trying to do recently is just josh will probably laugh at this be a bit more in aware of my emotions so actually when i suddenly josh feel... didn't laugh for the record <laughs> poker face not out loud <laughs> when i i don't know i think being in touch with my emotions so when i am aware that i'm suddenly feeling anxious about something mm. then i'm actually aware of it so in that moment i can pray about it mm. and talk to god about it if i'm suddenly feeling i don't know worried about something or really happy about something and you know an example the other day Reuben has been up and down with his experience with nursery over the last year or so and as they in the early days there were often tears but the other day I picked him up and he ran straight up to me with the biggest smile on his face and just wrapped his arms around me and said mummy and I've never really seen him like that before after nursery and in that moment it was just being again being in touch with my emotions and how that made me feel and actually recognizing and saying thank you to God for that because that has been something we've prayed for a lot this Mm. year um how you get in touch with your emotions is another question. Yeah. But I think just being more aware of it has definitely helped me in those little moments rather than, like you said, having to sit down and have a, you know, a huge amount of time set aside for it actually yeah. just throughout the day. Yeah. We, we talked last week about like emotionally healthy spirituality, right? The desire mm. to actually like be honest with God about what's going on for us. And I think the biggest thing in, this, in getting through this lockdown is going to be finding ways and spaces to be like, yeah, this is how I feel. Do you mm. know what? Like it feels crap right now. It feels difficult right now. And that's okay. And not hiding from that. I think it'd be cool to talk a little bit about thankfulness in prayer. Nice. So a few years ago, Emily and I, we were on a, a ferry crossing, weren't we? Over to the Channel Islands. And as we went out the harbour, it was pretty choppy. And then it got worse and worse. And then one of the engines broke down. So this ferry was going even slower. And um, Weymouth over to Guernsey is supposed to be about two and a half hours. In the end, this thing was six hours, seven hours. Time was going on and on and on. And we were huddled in the corner on the deck because you're supposed to feel a little bit less seasick if you're on the deck. And this girl sat on a bench opposite us and she threw up, right? And then there's six sloshing over the deck, back and forth. And every time the boat tipped our way, the sit got a bit closer. And the decision you have to... We're huddled under this blanket, like tucking it under our feet. The decision you have to make is... Is do we stand up and risk throwing up ourselves, or do we let the slicks the six notch against us? It was awful, and we should have got the plane, right? Yeah, always and I guess get the plane. I, That's the moral. Yeah, that was the moral of the story. Never get the boat to Guernsey, guys. But my, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, 
in prayer we can we can get there anyway but the vehicle with which we pray makes a difference mm. and i'd like to suggest that the best vehicle for prayer is thankfulness mm. so something that's revolutionized my prayer life is trying to always start with thankfulness so this year ministry's been really difficult but I've been extra thankful for my family mm. and I've been extra thankful for my friends and been able to be extra thankful that we've are lucky enough to have a house with a garden mm. and all, and all this kind of thing. And in thankfulness, we rediscover the character of a good God who gives. And that's a great place to come from when we then say, and also Lord, I'm struggling yeah. with X, Y, Z. Thankfulness is, is, is just, it's core to, actually like finding a beginning point in prayer. And for me, I'm going to take that. That's really helpful for like, how can I begin rebuilding mm. what I want to be a, a prayerful relationship with God? Emily, what are you thankful for at the moment? I am thankful for my children and the fact they're sleeping. <laughs> amen just, to that. Every just, parent yeah. and every parent listening to this just said, amen. Yeah. Yes. Um, and if you've got kids that aren't sleeping, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I think, I know it's such a, a um, like, it can sound like a really silly thing, but sleep is something we have prayed for mm. for nearly three years. Oh, yeah. So I'm very thankful for that at the moment. Yeah, it's good. I'm thankful for um, what we see God doing in our church at the moment, actually. Mm. Like, even in this lockdown, we're still seeing really exciting stuff happen. And um, I'm just really thankful that God's building us and he's changing us and he's shaping us and he's leading us on a journey while we go through this stuff. And actually, like teaching us to pray uh, in the middle of that. Yeah. So Ed, you're our senior leader. You're the lead pastor here. What difference do you think prayer is going to make to the life of this church in the long run? So my feeling on this is the difference for us as a church and, and every church around the place is um, prayer is the difference between a hot church and a cold church. Mm. You know, uh, like churches can do amazing things, but without prayer there's no heat in it you know there's no power driving it underneath and, and that's what we need most for like we need to pray because it stirs us up and it means that the things we're doing however good they are aren't just good ideas but actually they're empowered by the spirit of god and that's what we want most and so pressing into prayer is the the way that we get yeah. there our vision is to love jesus and to transform exeter we believe that that's the vision that god has given us and to suggest that we could see a city transformed, i.e. changed beyond recognition, is an extremely ambitious, out, quite out there statement. Yeah. It's going to take something that we've maybe never seen before mm. in this country, which is a people who are so committed to following what God is calling them to do. Mm. And a people who are so submitted to the sovereignty of God. The, the only way that we can get there is through prayer, through constant narrative with God, through constant... Um, communication with the king every great revival like every great transformation of society in wales in the hebrides in other parts of the world always comes about when just two or three people get together and pray mm. um and there's real power in that yeah hey emily i wonder would you would you pray for us yes yeah lord i thank you so much um, for prayer i thank you that um, that we can use prayer as a way to communicate with you and grow in relationship with you. And I just pray for every person listening to this podcast today that, um, that we'll grow in our relationship with you, that we'll grow in our prayer life, um, that we will be transformed um, by our relationship with you and that we'll just be so bold and um, courageous in the things that we're praying for um, over our city at the moment. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for 2020's Teaching Me. Uh, we'd love you to join us again next week when we unpack some more stuff about what it means to be following Jesus in this lockdown.